The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. I started to realize that not being an expert isn't a liability, it's a real gift. If we don't know something about ourselves at this point in our life, it's probably because it's uncomfortable to know. If you can die before you die, then you can really live. There's a wisdom at death's door. I thought I was insane, yeah. And I didn't know what to do because there was no internet. I don't know, man, I'm like, I feel like everything is hard. Hey y'all, my name is Kat. I'm a human first and a licensed therapist second. And right now, I'm inviting you into conversations that I hope encourage you to become more curious and less judgmental about yourself, others, and the world around you. Welcome to You Need Therapy. Hi guys, and welcome to a new episode of You Need Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, I am the host, and quick reminder up top as always, This podcast does not serve as a replacement or a substitute for any mental health services, although we are always happy if it helps on whatever journey you're on. It can just be a little buddy, but not actual mental health services. What I'm saying is you need therapy. However, this is not therapy. So today, it's somewhat of a solo episode, but then I'm going to throw in a little surprise at the end. And today we're talking about living with partners before marriage or without the intention of getting married even. Because so often I hear in my office questions and people wondering and just having a hard time discerning if they should live with their partner before they get engaged or before they know if they want to marry the person, if they just should do it or not. Or I hear people who do it and then are sitting there and wondering if they made a mistake. And it's just a question that pops up and it can become a pretty hot topic at family dinners and just all spaces, including spaces that have religious backgrounds or opinions. And I just thought it would be nice to talk about it because we're talking about it anyway. Why not talk about it on the podcast? So, I mean, when you think about 
should I live with my partner before marriage? Some of the questions obviously that come up are, is this going to help us become stronger? Is it going to make marriage easier? Is it going to ruin the first year of marriage because we're not going to have that fun excitement and these firsts anymore? Or is my family going to judge me? Are people going to judge me? Is my church going to judge me? I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And today, what we're going to do is we're just going to have a conversation about some plain old facts and then some personal experiences. And I'm going to open up a space where I really want us all to be thinking about what feels right and what feels true to us versus what I think other people think is right and true for me. Because like I said, this is often a controversial topic, but at the same time, for some people, it's really not that deep and we make it something that it's way more than it really needs to be. So I asked you guys that follow me on Instagram your thoughts on this. And it's always a tough thing when I do that because I have a very biased group of people that I'm talking to, right? Most of you guys are 18, really actually most of you are like 25 to 45 99% women and most of the people that follow me have a lot of similarities to me and might have a lot of the same beliefs and and values and come from similar places. So I know that there is a bias to the feedback that I got from you guys and I want to keep that in mind. But the reaction that I got from you guys, basically, I would say 98, I want to say 99, but I'm gonna say 98% of you guys are pro living together before marriage in general. Some people say for me, it wasn't right, but I'm pro other people doing it. But it was just a very positive reaction, which is not often what we get out in the world. And again, I think it's because obviously a lot of you guys are very similar. It's why we're all kind of following the same kind of people. Now, if we're taking this back to therapist, Catherine, the only thing I remember hearing about couples living together before marriage in school was this and I will I remember where I was sitting I remember the teacher that said it I remember this so clearly and my friend that also I went to undergrad with messaged me when I put the little question box on Instagram about what people think about living together before marriage my friend that was in that class with me said this question will always remind me of Sarah Garrison, who was our teacher at the time, who she's the one that told us this and taught us this. And the only thing I remember learning is that living together before marriage increases the probability of a couple getting divorced by 50%. So they're twice as more likely to get divorced if they live together before they get married. However, if the couple gets engaged and then moves in together, there's not a measurable difference or impact. So that stat doesn't fit. So if you get engaged, then you live together, then you get married, you can throw that number out in the trash. But if you live together, then get engaged, then get married, you're twice as likely to get divorced than if you don't cohabitate. Which is so interesting because again, a lot of the reasoning people do live together, it's not always, but a lot of the reasoning is, oh, I want to like see what it's like. I want to see if I want to be around this person 90% of my life. I want to work out some of those kinks. I want to work on this stuff before we take that big plunge. And so you would think it would be more beneficial, but we're going to come back to this and I'm going to let you marinate on that because it's a very confusing statistic. And what I will say about me what 15 years ago how long ago was that at least 15 years I guess what I will say about the me that heard that statistic is I took that 
piece of information and I added it to my list of what I thought a relationship should look like, which was largely based on what other people told me it should look like, right? So I added that to my list. It almost was like added to like my ammo of like why it's bad to live with somebody before you're married. And I say that because I most of you guys know this, but I lived with my fiance before we got engaged. So there was some changing along the way. And what I want to say before we go any farther is that what I'm not going to do today and and what I really want you guys to hear is what I'm not going to do today is tell anyone what they should do or tell anybody what they should not do. This is a personal choice, a personal choice. This is a personal choice. And the right choice is going to look very different for a lot of different people. There are valid reasons to not live with a partner and there are very, very many valid reasons to live with a partner before you get married. Also, there are valid reasons to live with a partner and never get married and never have the intention of getting married. And so what I want people to think about as we talk is how norms and expectations may have shaped your own beliefs. And if given the choice, would those beliefs change? If no one else knew but you what you what you were going to do, would your answer be different? If you didn't know what anybody else was doing, would your answer be different? And how much is shame influencing your decision versus freedom? And and that's something we don't really think about. And I don't think that I would have thought about back in the day is, is my desire, is my choice being influenced by a feeling of shame or a feeling of personal freedom? Because that makes a big difference. And a lot of the conversations in general that we have on the podcast are invitations for you guys to get to know yourselves better versus getting to know and getting closer to the version of you that is largely based off of what you think other people expect. And I'm going to reference this again. I keep referencing this over and over and over. But if we look at the five regrets of the dying that Bronnie Ware discovered when she was a hospice nurse and talking to people who were about to enter the last stages of their lives, one of the biggest regrets of people, one of the biggest regrets of the dying was I wish I would have allowed myself to be the person I truly was versus the person I thought other people expected me to be. And so again, this podcast is an invitation to get to know that person you really are a lot better because what's right for you and what's right for us can be very contradictory to what we think people expect. And well, that's not fair. Plus, I say this to everybody, and I've probably said this a million times on here, there's no way for us to please everybody and for the people that are pleased, for them to be pleased 100% and agree with how we're living and what we're doing. So if I'm not going to be able to please everybody, I at least need to make sure I'm in that group of people that are pleased with my own life. I want to encourage people that at least you are on your own team. So what I'm going to do real quick is share some just plain facts about cohabitation. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. 
We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. So... What I'm going to do real quick is share some just plain facts about cohabitation. And these come from 2019 from the Pew Research Center. So these are not my Instagram facts. These come from people that actually do this for a living. So when adults 18 to 44 were asked if it's acceptable for an unmarried couple to live together, again, this is from 2019, 14% of them said it's never acceptable for an unmarried couple to live together. 16% said it's only acceptable if you plan on getting married. So it's acceptable, but you have to plan on getting married. So that's 16%. And 69% said it's acceptable even if you don't plan on getting married. So the large majority said, that's okay. It's, It's acceptable for unmarried people to live together. And then this is also in some interesting information. So from the same study, adults 18 to 44, they looked at the people who have ever lived cohabitated with a partner and those who have ever been married. And they looked at this at two different times. So the first time they looked at it was 2002. And the second time was between 2013 and 2020. So in 2002, the percentage of people that have ever cohabitated with a partner was 54%. And then in 2013, 2020, the number slightly rose to 59%. So that was the people that just lived with a partner. Then the percentage of adults, 18 to 44, who had ever been married in 2002 was 60%. 
And in 2013 to 2017, it dropped to 50%. So from this, we can see that cohabitation is rising and marriage is declining. And again, this is between 18 and 44. And this research also is confirming the idea that millennials are getting married later and focusing on careers and personal goals way more versus just focusing on marriage being their number one pursuit. And according to another study by Philip Cohn from the University of Maryland on divorce, due to millennials waiting longer to get married and being more established and stable when they do, the divorce risks for those couples are are declining, which is fascinating, right? Because I think a lot of times, and maybe it's just me, right? I have my own bias of my own thoughts, but I, I often hear like, oh, people are just waiting so long to get married. It's not what it used to. And it feels like such a negative thing. But what we can see is that people are becoming more established. They're going after more things. They're creating more fulfilling lives. And yes, they're getting married later, but it doesn't necessarily mean their lives are less fulfilling. And also when they do get married, they have less risks of then getting divorced in the first place if they would have just gotten married early like people have been used to. And also what's hard about this conversation is that there's this assumption, and I feel like I'm even talking about it as if there is this assumption that everyone's goal in life is to get married and everyone believes that marriage is what we're supposed to do and that's just not the case. And it brings me back to a podcast I did a couple years ago or maybe it was last year, but it was called Single People Are Not Second Class Citizens. And I'm gonna link that in the show notes because oftentimes people who are single and not married, whether they're living with a partner and not married or they're just like single, single, not married, they're seen as like they're lacking something when really if we look at the lives of people that are doing different things before they're getting married, their lives are just as full and fruitful and wonderful, but there's this negative connotation of like, oh, but they don't have that thing. But I don't know that people have that same idea when they look at two people who are married and maybe one has a career and one doesn't. Nobody, I don't think people are as fast to look at the person who might not have a career and say, oh, but you don't have a career. You must be so sad. You must really feel like you're you're missing out. And I just think that's interesting because the assumption of something also perpetuates that thing. And so the more that there's this assumption that not being married means that there's a lack of something, the more that we're asking ourselves, do I have a lack of something? And I don't necessarily think that needs to be the case. So again, this is going back to my point is like, there's not a right thing to do. There's a right thing to do for you. And we also don't need to understand or agree with someone else's life decision to respect the idea that the people around us have the ability to make good decisions for themselves, which boggles my mind that that's such a hard concept, but it continues to be. And it, sometimes it's, it continues to be a hard concept for me as well. I'm in that with you guys. And in that, it's also really important to note that a lot of times the reasons why people get married and the reasons they move in with a partner can be very different in a lot of ways. So going back to this research, most married people and cohabitating adults say that love and companionship are two of the major reasons why they decide to either move in with their partner or get married. So that's a similarity. But on the flip side, not everyone who is moving in with a partner is doing so to test run if they want to get married, which that's the assumption I think a lot of people have. 
And it was found that only 23%, so less than a quarter of people who are living with a partner, say that wanting to test out their relationship was a major reason why they decided to move in with their partner. However, four in 10 of these cohabitators said that finances and convenience were really important factors in their decision. 38% said moving in with their partner made sense financially, and 37% said it was convenient, which in comparison, people who are who are getting married, 13% of the married adults said that finances was a reason why they got married and 10% said that convenience was a reason they got married. So we can see that sometimes the reasons are similar and sometimes the reasons are very, very different, but we are treating these things as the same thing and as they go hand in hand. Okay, so let's go back to what I was talking about in the beginning of this conversation where I was sharing with you the one piece of information that I remembered learning in school about living with partners before marriage. So the information that we have now, the studies that we have now find consistently that living together or just cohabitation relationships are usually less stable and they end more often than marriages do, which I think we can all agree surface level that's easy to understand and makes sense i don't really feel surprised by that but what i shared earlier for a lot of people might be really surprising and that is the fact that there is an increased chance of divorce when couples live together before they get married so a lot of people are like oh i don't get it like why would that be again you would think it would be helpful well so this is explained by this thing called the inertia effect And essentially what it means is that when you move in with somebody, it's easier to let inertia move you forward. It's easier to take the next step in the relationship than to end it and move out. So this ends up meaning that you are increasing the likelihood that you will get married to someone you might not have married if you didn't live with them, if you live with them before you are engaged or married. So this begs the question and it brings us back to like the first sentence of this episode Does this mean that living with somebody before you are married is bad? Does this mean I shouldn't do it? And I wouldn't say so. I don't think that's what this means. I would say that this means it might be a really good idea to have clear goals if the prospect of marriage is part of the reason you want to move in with your partner. It might be a really good idea to ask yourself the whys of your what What do I want to get out of living with my partner? What is pushing me to say yes to this thing? What is pushing me to take this step? Again, going back to are my decisions being influenced by shame or freedom? And even if your goals don't involve getting married, because again, we have to acknowledge that that is not like the only good right thing to do. That like marriage has to be a goal of every single person in the world. Some people have no interest in that and that that's totally okay. So if that's not a goal, and this actually what I'm about to say fits for if it is a goal or if it isn't, but how do I maintain autonomy? So if this relationship becomes something that I don't feel good in at some point, I'm still able to be independent and get out of the situation versus just kind of like, like, well, I guess I'm stuck here. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots 
the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I wouldn't take the research and statistics as a reason in this situation to just automatically say, well, no, the research says don't do it. I would instead take this information into consideration when defining the whys behind your decisions and those decisions being why I want to move in with my partner, why I'm wanting to take the next step and and get getting engaged with my partner and why I want to take the next step after that and get married. Now... I have a very special returning guest here with me who is currently my cohabitation partner (laughs) (laughs) and my fiance. And I have him here because we both had different views on living together before marriage when we started dating and also I think throughout our lives. So I'm going to introduce Patrick Van Buren. Hello. Hi, how's it going? It's going great. So I will say I grew up very much thinking that living together before marriage was not even in the question. I would have never, I would have never considered it. And I'm trying to think about what age that changed. And I want to say it was probably around like 28, 29, I'm 33. 
And the reasons for me that I, I would never have considered it were largely centered on religion, which I want people to know that if that's your reasoning, that's totally okay. And hear me when I say you can make decisions based off of your religious beliefs without them being rooted in shame. I think there's a lot of people unearthing that there was a lot of shame in the religious decisions that I made. And that is also true. But also, if you're really believing in that decision, and it feels right for you, then it doesn't necessarily mean that you made that decision out of shame. And for me, for a while, that was true, like the decisions and the thoughts and the beliefs, they made sense, and they did feel right. But later in life, it shifted a little bit. And I didn't necessarily believe the things that I thought I was supposed to do. But I was also afraid of judgment or punishment or whatever consequences would come from either peers or, or family or God. And that's where the shame part came in. So I say that to say I'm somebody whose beliefs about this have shifted throughout my life, which always a good time to plug. You're allowed to change your mind and you're allowed to change your mind often. And, and that's a good thing. So I have Patrick here because I want to have you guys here. I mean, there's a million perspectives. And so take Patrick's perspective and my perspective with a grain of salt. But I want you guys to hear and Patrick to tell us why he wanted to live together before getting engaged and getting married. Yeah. So I mean, I kind of want to start off by saying kind of a similar thing that you started off with there. When I was younger and growing up, you know, that kind of was my belief wasn't that you shouldn't that you shouldn't yeah correct and i mean it, i don't want to say that it was like a religious decision uh it was more you know i grew up going to catholic school since i was in kindergarten so it, it was more so that because religious people were telling me yeah <laughs> that i shouldn't do it and i kind of more so took that just as like well that's kind of how the world works like you're just not supposed to do it you know probably more so because I was, I feel like growing up a, a rule follower. So it was just like, okay, like easy. You, like, you wanted to do the right thing. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it was, you know, ingrained in me that that was the right thing. The right thing. I don't know the exact age where maybe that belief switched either, but definitely more, you know, as I got older, more starting to think about it more so and think for myself on, you know, what I think may be the best decision for my situation. So, so, I'm glad you said it that way because earlier I was talking about how there's not one right decision. There's a right decision for individual people. And so you grew up and I, I think I would agree that I grew up that way. Of like, I want to do the right thing and I want to do things the right way. Like I, I want to please myself. I want to please my family and the people around me, but I also like want things to go well. So if this yeah. is the right way then I'm going to do it this way. Yep. So throughout our lives, we've always wanted to do the right thing and make the right decision but it wasn't until later adulthood, at least for me, that that right decision was based off of me versus what I thought other people thought or what people were telling me without considering the individuality of myself. Yeah, I'll, I guess when you say right decision too, I feel like that definition changed throughout my life. Yeah. Like when you're young, the right decision is one street, you know, there's one way to do something and that's the right decision. And then you grow up and you realize that, well, again, right decision is a situational yeah. thing where what might be right for some isn't right for others. What made it the right decision for you? I would say just thinking about what may foster kind of a lifelong 
prosperous relationship. And to me, deciding to, you know, learn and live and grow with somebody fully, seeing them every day, seeing ups and downs and stuff like that, you know, seeing them for every season of the year, it was important to me because I feel like there are times when if you, you know, if if you're seeing people for only certain periods of time, uh, you know, maybe they're showing you the best of them and, and not some of the other stuff that comes with them. That's where people maybe go into this decision for a lifelong relationship without kind of what they feel like yeah. is all the answers yeah, or, and, or, you know, you know, understanding someone fully, I guess. Well, and like, what is it like for me to be with this person even when they're, for lack of a better word, like annoying me? Or what is it like for me to be with this person when I just want to be by myself? Like, what does the relationship look like when those things happen? How do we handle that? I think that was part of that. I'm also curious well, I'm not really curious because I know the answer to this, but I want, I'm asking as if I don't know. But was that decision that you made, you wanting to live with me before we were engaged or married, was that a decision that was championed and supported? Or was there, did you get negative feedback? Did you feel you were disappointing people? No, I mean, I didn't feel like I was disappointing people because again, I, I realized it was my decision. And again, I, you know, there, there are certain decisions that I make that I want to, you know, make everybody happy, happy and, 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 and try to make the best decision for everybody. But this was one that I knew that, you know, I had to do it my way, um, yeah. in order to feel like I was setting myself up for success. So, I, you know, I'll say my parents have always been super supportive of anything that I've done throughout my life. Although I'm sure they, they would rather me have not done it this way. Um, I would say that they're very supportive with the decision, at least, you know, making sure that I had thought it out and, and, and was making, you know, a a good decision, but they, it was never a moment where they were like, are you sure about this? Like, do you really want to do this? Well, I think there's a way you can, you don't have to agree with somebody to, to respect their decision and you don't have to say, oh, that's what I would have done to respect somebody's decision and to respect their ability to make good decisions for themselves. And I think that's one thing that I want anybody who's listening to this and contemplating like, oh, I really want to do this or vice versa. Like I want to do this and I don't want to do this. And I feel like I'm having feel pressure to do it is that there should be people around you who you can have fruitful conversations. And instead of them trying to convince you what is what they think is right based on where they're sitting in your life, because it's very different to be in somebody's body and to be sitting across from somebody's body. And so we can respect people's ability to make good decisions. Also, good decisions don't mean it goes the way as, as planned. Yeah, no, and I think that's a definitely a, a good point. Like, you know, my decision to want to wanna do it this way wasn't the thought of, hey, if I do it this way, it's, it's going to work out the way that I want it to. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just in the back of my head, it was like doing it this way. Hopefully throughout the process, I feel better and better that I am about to make yeah. a, a great decision. And it's been great so <laughs> far. So, you know, every day that we have lived, and again, maybe this doesn't work out for everyone that way, but, you know, every day that I've lived with you, like I've felt like we've gotten closer um, and, and more in love and, and, and all that good stuff. So, um, so, uh, again, that's when I set out to wanting it to do it this way. That's exactly what I had in my mind of if I do this and I feel this way, like that's going to make me make 
a good decision, I guess. In the so, future. And if I didn't feel that way, you know, I, I, I would probably start questioning it yeah. a little more. So, but, but I, I don't feel like I would ever have had that. Yeah. Otherwise. I mean, and, and maybe I would have, maybe it would have taken more time to get to the point where I was like, this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. Full disclosure, I kind of got really upset with Patrick earlier today because I asked him, what exactly did I ask you? I asked you, do you think we would still have gotten engaged if we didn't live together? And I think Patrick said like, probably, you said probably, I don't know. You said, said, I don't know. You said, I don't know, maybe. And then you're like, I mean, probably. And I I got very upset. This was also 7.45 in the morning and my eyes are not Nine o'clock. No, it wasn't. (laughs) It absolutely was not. (laughs) So I am bringing this up because I said, my perspective and and Patrick was very wise and he said well I can't answer this this is hypothetical like I don't know what would have happened I can't tell the future that isn't going to be the future that's in, and, and that made sense but in my head I th- I was thinking well if we didn't live together I feel like there could have been a space where we would have gotten engaged sooner because that anticipation for being together more often or that anticipation for that next commitment would have been larger and I'm somebody who I have to be really careful about jumping into things because I can you know I mean that's I'm a seven on the Enneagram and I'm like oh fun idea or that would be exciting or and I don't really think about a lot so my point in saying this is it's actually probably been a really good thing for me to live with you for this reason alone that the anticipation of wanting that thing, whether it's living with you or being committed to you or getting married to you would have been so much stronger. And so I could have made decisions or even made up stories in my head and had this like rose colored glasses on because I just wanted that next thing. Does that make sense how I'm saying that? And this has allowed it to, I think, although it looks like we're moving faster, to me, it feels like it's allowed us to slow down and not have to take that jump of marriage just to have some kind of movement in the relationship. And and, and that's what's going on in, in your head in that situation. <laughs> I, I would also say that it probably would have taken me longer to get to the point to pop the question if we weren't living together. Because like I said, when we started living together, you know, week by week, month by month, you know, I felt we were growing stronger uh, and, and more together as a couple, which again, led me to the ultimate decisions. Like, this is what I want to do. You know, I, I'm ready to make the decision. I'm ready to make a lifelong commitment. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but, but. Well, we don't, don't know, know. but yeah. what we all, what, what is in that space is us not taking the step that five, 10 years ago, I would have been like, I would never do that could have been really detrimental to us. And I wanted to point that out because again, we're individual couples. So I don't want anybody to take our story and then say, well, this has to be my story. But you can see how even for Patrick and I, the decisions are right for different reasons. It has helped me slow down and it helped Patrick almost move forward. And I think that's important to note. And so I share all of this and I had all of the stuff that I've talked about today, share all of it to encourage everybody listening to look at this as an individual decision for yourself and also your relationship versus a 
culturally right decision, a decision that is right for the religion that or the faith that I believe in or a decision that is going to be approved by the most people in my family or my my circle of friends. Everybody is going to, in, in situations like these, benefit in different ways from different ways of doing these kinds of things. And so please, please, please don't read a book or listen to a podcast or have a conversation with somebody who has an agenda to get you to believe there is one right way. My agenda is for you to get to a point where you can really assess yourself and your own personality and what your needs are so then you can make a decision for that human. So again, I think this topic is so controversial because obviously, well, not obviously, it's obvious to me, um, and I think a lot of you guys listening, that there are so many things changing. And this is something that would be way more taboo years ago. But think about when you look at, oh, when my mom was a kid or when my grandparents, think of how many other things in the world have changed since then. And yes, change in general is very scary. And although it can be good, but we have to look at that. It's not just that people are, like I said in the beginning, people are getting married later and less and they're living together more. It's not just that. There's so many other things that are changing that are then impacting those two things. And if you look at it that way, it makes a lot more sense versus we're just throwing out all of these ideals and values and this, that, and whatever. As things shift and things change, we have to take into account what that means for us. And sometimes that means these other things change as well. So my hope is that this conversation has been helpful in a multitude of ways. And if you guys have any questions or feedback or thoughts, anything, you can send that to me. If you have anything specific to this conversation or in general in life, you can send them Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. If you do not and you would like to follow me, you can do that at cat.defada on Instagram and at unitherapypodcast. Thank you for everybody who sent in those messages and the feedback um, on the question that I put out today about this topic. I will most likely be sharing those throughout this week so you guys can see some of those. But again, remember, those are very biased. So I don't want you to see anybody else's response. And again, Patrick and I's stories as that's the right way and I have to do that. I really want you guys to see how everybody gets to have an opinion on what's right for them that's allowed to be different from what's right from the person next to you. I hope you guys have the day you need to have. I'll be back on Wednesday for Couch Talks. Would you like to say anything, Patrick? Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. All right. Bye. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. 
Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 